if I'm going to be thankful, just, what has Justin done for me that I can be thankful for? Well, I'm thankful for him. He played the drums today, right? He ministered. He got here before y'all. He got up early. He raises his children well. There's a lot to be thankful for, for Justin. But I, have, I need to think about it. What am I thankful for? What are we thankful to God for? If just say, I'm thankful, okay. But really, what are we thankful for? And then how do I show my love and thanksgiving to him? So we're going to talk about two things. What has he done for me? And how can I show my love and thankfulness to him? When you tell someone you appreciate them, there's a reason why. Why do I appreciate them? The book of uh, Revelation chapter 2 talks about the church of Ephesus, and Jesus had a lot of good things to say about that church. He had a whole list of good things. But then he said, oh, I've got one thing against you, and that you've lost your first love. And after all those great things, he said, you've lost your first love. I just want to make sure in my life that I have my first love. What is your first love? Remember your first love? I mean, your first, what do they call them, crush? I don't know, can you have a crush when you're in grammar school? I guess you can. Yeah? I remember Jan, what is her name? Jan Wrights or something like that. Man, I crush on her in third grade. I don't know how you have a crush in third grade, but I had a crush on her. And Jesus said, that's kind of like your first love. Your first love is, well, come on, it's an emotional love, is it not? It's a, you have a crush, you have a love. I want to know, Kirk, have you lost your first love? Is there anything you can do, Kirk, to improve on your love to God? We can love him, we say, well, we love God by faith, but... What about our first love? What about our crush? What about the love that's from the innermost being and our emotions and everything that's in us? I want to make sure that I've not lost that love. So, in looking at God's word, we have to give the most earnest heed as Hebrews says, give the most earnest heed to things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. And as you remember, Pastor, Pastor Michelle tells a story about when they were at Disneyland one time. And they were with the kids, and I think they're in line or sitting down somewhere. And, of course, she tells the story better. She was there. But they were sitting down, and some guy comes up to Madison and starts talking and touches her on the shoulder. And Pastor Walters goes, excuse me, no, no. And so then the guy, they're sitting there, just hanging out, and this guy comes up again and touches her on the shoulder again. And the way Pastor Michelle tells it, so funny, Pastor Walter takes this guy like this, puts him up against the wall, and he's hanging there with his legs dangling like that. Now that is showing love, right? That is showing love. He's protecting his daughter. I'm messing with his daughter. I'm messing with his son. 
I ain't messing with, I ain't messing with his dog, I'm telling you that. When I go to his house, I'm going to walk up the dry, I'm not going to step on his grass. I'm, I'm not going to bend over grass. I ain't messing with that guy. That guy's got passionate love for his family. Amen? So God wants us to be passionate about him and passionate for our love to him. So we're going to look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. And is it going to come up? There we go. Hallelujah. It says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has not going to. He already has. This is good news, family. He already has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. So I was thinking, what has He done for me? He's forgiven me of my sins. Wow. Amen. We can just put an exclamation point right there and just have a praise service for He's forgiven me of my sins. In Psalm 86, 5, I'm going to read in the Amplified Version. It says, For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive our trespasses. We'll make it personal. Lord, you're ready to forgive my trespasses. Sending them away, letting them go completely and forever. And you are abundant in mercy and loving kindness to all those who call upon you. Let's go again. Psalm 103.1 says in the Amplified, Bless, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Bless his holy name. Bless and affectionately, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of his benefits, who forgives every one of all your iniquities, who heals each one of all your diseases. Psalm 103.12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions far from us. As far as the east is from the west, that's pretty far. It doesn't say far as the north is from the south. It says as far as the east is from the west. Now, if I had a ball somewhere, I could do a little demonstration. Oh, I don't know if this happened just to come here. He said, as far as the east is from the west, so far he's removed our transgressions from me. He didn't say far as the north is from the south. He says far as the east is from the west. So if I'm here at the North Pole and I'm going to go south, here I go, going south, going south, going south. Where am I now? South Pole. Right? Okay, so now I'm going what direction? I'm going north. So I can measure this. How many miles is that? Like, I don't know, 9,000, 8,500 miles, something like that. It's a long ways. But I can, me I can measure this. All right, so here we are in Arcadia, this little spot right there. He said, far as the east is from the west. So... Here we are, Arcadia, I'm going to go east. All the way around to the other side. Okay, I'm on the other side. All right, I'm on the other side. Now which way am I going? 
Wait, I'm still going east? Okay, all right. Oh, here we go. Let's start here. Still going east. All right, now I'm back in Arcadia. Where's Arcadia? There it is. Which way am I going? Well, I'm still going. Oh, let me try that again. Here we go. Other side. Still going east. Back here. Still going east. Can I measure that? No. It's infinity. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he removed our transgressions from us, not from the north to the south. I can measure that. That's limited. No, God's unlimited. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed our transgressions from us. Amen. Okay, so in Jeremiah 31, 34, I'm going to read from the Voice Bible. It says, I will be merciful when they fail. Anybody fail before? Anybody, like, miss it, miss the mark? Two hands here. I will be merciful when they fail and forgive their wrongs. I will never call to mind or mention their sins again. Woo! Man, that's good news. I'm going to read that again for me. I will never call to mind or mention their sins again. Zephaniah 3.17, the Amplified says, The Lord your God in the midst of you is a mighty one, a Savior who says he will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest and in his love he will be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. God will not make mention of our past sins. And Isaiah 43, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgression for my own sake. I will not remember your sins. Ever lose a computer file? Oh my goodness. You're typing away on it something. Anybody ever lose a file? Just one person? Thank you. It is. Christian, you've lost a file? Isn't that, it's, I don't like that. You spend all that time and you lose a file. It's deleted somewhere. I've had to delete a computer, like wipe all the information off before. I think there's something called, I don't know, military grade wipe where all the data is just gone. It's just, is it possible to get rid of all the data? I mean, is that what they do in the military? They wipe them? Kind of, sort of, yeah? Well, God's not kind of, sort of. He wipes it all. It's all gone and he doesn't remember it anymore. See, it's the enemy, I'm going to tell you, the good news is, if the devil, if, if it, okay, if the, it's the devil that brings those thoughts back to us. It's the devil that reminds us of our sins. It is not God. God has forgiven them. The good news is, church, that Jesus forgives our sins, and he forgets them. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to Jesus today because he forgives my sins, Justin, and he forgets them. He doesn't remember them. It's the enemy that brings it back to our mind. Why? Because he wants to keep us down. He wants, to, he wants to keep us low. He doesn't want us to stand tall and confident in God. He wants us to go around and not be confident. Because if I'm not confident, then I'm not going to share the gospel with the person at work. Or I'm not going to share the gospel with someone on, at the restaurant or whatever. I'm going to be just sin conscious. I'm not going to be righteous conscious. So Jesus has forgiven and forgotten. So why are we going over all these scriptures? Because faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. Let's look at a couple more. Let the wicked, this is Isaiah 55, 7. It says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and our God for he will abundantly pardon. God will abundantly pardon. Then in Matthew 18, 21, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said unto him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, if you can sin 490 times in a day, Jesus got you covered. He's got you covered. Uno mas. One more. Revelation 1.5. I used to read this scripture every day. Every day for months and months. Revelation 1.5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over all, over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Are you thankful for Jesus? I'm thankful for Jesus that he's forgiven me. I can't imagine something greater than just, Lord, I thank you that I'm forgiven. What happens to people who are not forgiven? What happens to people who don't know Jesus? In, in kids' church, we say they go, they go down there, right? We don't want to go down there. So thank you, Jesus, for forgiving us. Thank you for your precious blood. Now, with all that good news, what happens when we do sin? 1 John 1, 9. If you don't have this scripture memorized, that's your homework this week. 1 John 1, 9. Pastor Sam, everybody should have that scripture memorized. Am I right? Amen. So 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? Some unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. He does two things. He forgives us. And he cleanses us. He forgives. That's great. And he cleanses, washes it away as if it never happened. So I can stand before God. I need, I need a God. Josh, can I borrow you? Can I borrow you for a second? So you're going to play God for a minute, okay? All right, let's look like God. Can you look like God? Give me your God face. Okay, now if this was really God, right? We'd have all this, this like, I don't know, lightnings and going on here. So we can just picture that, right? So here I am. Now I'm forgiven. I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. Here I can, I can come to God. I can come to God humbly. I'm coming to God humbly, but I'm not, I'm not ashamed because of my sin. 
I can come humbly, but I can come what? Boldly to the throne of grace, right? I can come boldly to the throne of grace. God, we need to talk about something. Okay. So here I don't have any conscious of sin because I'm washed in the blood. Do you remember my sins at all? Okay, he didn't, God said he doesn't remember my sins at all. That's a good thing. Thank you, God. Give him a hand, would you? <laughs> so I'm thankful for Jesus. So if you sin, come to, don't wait. If you sin, immediately go to God, immediately. God, I'm so sorry, I messed up. Father, forgive me. I confess my sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And God does not put you on a probation period. Did you know that? Now, the feelings and emotions, the, the feeling, the, the, the memory of that sin that we did may linger. But I'll tell you how to get that lingering time period shorter is by saying, Lord, I thank you, I'm forgiven. Glory to God, thank God I'm washed in the blood. Thank you for giving my sin. If I do that, that period of the devil harassing my head, does that, does, does that, does that happen to anybody? You know, you've messed up and then it's like, and it's like, oh man, I thought I was forgiven. Well, you are. The way to, to make that, and it, it goes away. It goes away eventually, right? But the way to get that, can we call it that attack period shorter is say, Lord, I believe your word. I thank you and I'm cleansed. I just thank you, Jesus. You forgot, you've forgiven. You've forgotten. Thank you that I'm washing your blood. I thank you. And Lord, if that thought comes to my mind, I'm going to slap it down because it's not from you. It's from the devil. So if that comes from, to my mind, it's not from me because I'm not going to think about it. You're not going to think about it. So I forget about it in Jesus' name. And then sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is forgive yourself. Isn't it? For me it has been to forgive myself. But knowing that Jesus has forgiven me, I can forgive myself too. Sometimes it's easier, easier to forgive your brother than it is to forgive yourself. But God's commanded us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Amen. Okay. Hallelujah. I'm looking at the clock because I'm going to finish a little bit early, hopefully. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, are you thankful for Jesus? He's made us a new creature. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have what? Passed away. All things have become new. So in Christ, I'm a new creature. Spiritually, I am new. On the outside, my body, same thing. I was six foot one when I got saved, and I'm still six foot one. If I like, if I like, uh, anchovies on my pizza. I don't like anchovies on my pizza. Whatever food you like the day before you get saved, you like the same food afterwards. Your body hasn't changed. Your spirit was made new. The spirit man, old things have passed away, spiritually speaking. We're responsible to renew our mind and present our body to him. That takes a process. So I'm thankful for Jesus that he's made me a new creature. 
Are you thankful to Jesus? That he's, did you know at the same time Jesus took your sins, he took your sicknesses and your diseases? Let me read 1 Peter 2.24. It says, Who himself bare our sins in his own body, where? On the tree, on the cross. That we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. And in Matthew 8, 16 and 17, it says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were possessed, who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all. Say all. All. He healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself, took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. He took our infirmities and he bare our sicknesses on the cross. When did he take our sins? On the cross. He bare our sicknesses on the cross with his stripes. They put the stripes on his back. He bore our sicknesses. Did you know that God's plan for our physical health was not an afterthought? He didn't think, oh, you know what? Let me, let me just throw in a little healing here. Let me just toss, I almost forgot, but let me throw in a little healing in this redemption process. Let me throw in a little healing. No, that wasn't God's mind. God's mind was Jesus purposefully was tied to the whipping post and they took the whip and they lashed him. And the Bible says, with his stripes, we were healed. Not going to be healed. We were healed. Jesus took our sins later on. No, on the cross. Jesus took our sicknesses on the cross. We can receive forgiveness of sins because Jesus provided it for us. We can receive healing for our bodies because Jesus already provided it for us. He doesn't have to die on a cross again every time someone gets saved. He doesn't have to have stripes upon his back again every time someone needs healing. Healing has been provided. It's already provided. And, and when we, how do we receive salvation? We confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. We receive with our heart, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. How do we receive healing? We receive it by faith, saying, Lord, I receive healing now in the name of Jesus. And being healed is just as easy as being saved. Jesus said to the man who they let down through the roof, he said, which is easier, to say thy sins be forgiven you or rise up and walk? It's the same. We just haven't heard that. We haven't heard, we've heard that, oh, God, well, some of us, God's healed, God doesn't heal anymore. Healing passed away. No, healing hasn't passed away. Jesus, in redemption, on purpose, suffered for us and with the stripes of Jesus. I see my disease in the stripes of Jesus. Whatever disease, say the devil's trying to attack me or something, I picture that. No, that's in the stripe of Jesus right there. I'm not receiving that. I'm not receiving that. You're not going to put that on me. What if the devil tries to bring some type of temptation or sin against me? I'm going to say, no, I don't receive that. I mean, hopefully, right? No, I don't receive that. No, I, I, I ain't doing that. I, uh, uh, no way. I'm not having that. That's how we should react, right? But we don't always. Sometimes we allow that 
temptation to come in. We should do sickness the same way. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not bringing that sickness to me. But you know what? When the, when the enemy tries to bring a sin to us, oh, it looks real, does it not? It looks tempting. That third piece of cherry pie sure did look tempting, did it not? It was talking to us. It was talking to us. Half. Half. And then the second half. <laughs> oh. At home we have, we buy ice cream once in a while. And so I used to have a big bowl. But now I reduced it to a small little like cup thing. But I ended up putting a little bit in there. I ended up stuffing that cup now. I'm, I'm stuffing that up. And pounding it down. I don't know why I'm talking about that. But... <laughs> Temptation is real. I mean, it really feels real. Like, oh, that's a real temptation. Sickness really feels real, because you know what it is. But I don't have to receive that temptation that feels real for sin. I can say no in the name of Jesus. The Bible says to abhor, King James, abhor that was evil, cleave to that which is good. No, I hate you, sin, in Jesus' name. I renounce you. I'm not going to do that in the name of Jesus. We need to do the same thing with sickness and disease. No, you don't. That temptation, those symptoms try to come upon your body. No, in Jesus' name. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I'm the one in authority here, not you, sickness. You're not putting that on me. Treat sickness just like you treat sin. It has no authority over you. It cannot overcome you as you stand your ground in Jesus' name. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for what he's done. So, let's talk about one more thing. What does he have in store for me? Let's look at John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Everlasting life. John 3, 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. Not going to have. He who believes in the Son has. I don't start my eternal life when I die. I start my eternal life when I get born again. Is that good theology? Is that, is that okay? Is that all right? Okay. I don't get eternal life after I die. Eternal life starts when I'm born again. He who, he, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life, the Bible says. John 5, 1 John 5.13 These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that ye may know, not guess, not wonder, not hope, not try to get, but that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So, Eternal life, when I think of eternal life, and sometimes I just sit in my study and I just think, I'm going to live forever. And then my head goes, eh, eh, but I'm going to live forever. And I start thinking about it. Lawrence, I'm going to live forever. I'm not going to die. I mean, my body will but I'm not going to cease to exist. 
I mean, I'm going to live forever and ever and ever. And Connie, after a million years, what is that, a million years? I can't fathom what that is. A million years. I'm going to still be around. And after a trillion years, in kids' church, we say a gazillion years, right? After a gazillion years, we're still going to be here. We're still going to be alive. We're never going to, our life will never end. There won't be a time when, okay, shh, gone. Nope. We're going to live forever and ever and ever and ever and and ever and ever and ever. I know that makes me happy. That makes me thankful to Jesus when I think that I'm going to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and it's never going to come to an end. I'm going to live forever and ever and ever. I'm thankful to Jesus for that. So let's talk about, and let's end with how do I show my appreciation to Jesus? How do I show my love to Jesus? 1 John 5, 3. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. How do we love God? I'm preaching the Bible here. We keep his commandments. Amen. Let's look at 1 John 3, 23. Because I'm thinking the Bible, there's a lot of commandments. I don't know, like a few hundred or a few thousand or something like that, commandments. I'm going to be busy. I think Jesus narrows it down a little bit. 1 John, what did I say? 3, 23. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and what? And love one another as he gave us commandment. So, all right, forget about all the thousands of commandments. Let's believe on Jesus and love one another. How can I show my appreciation? How can I show my love to Jesus? By keeping his commandments, by loving one another. First John 4, 20 says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Good question. How, so the way I can love God is to love my brother. One way I can love God is to love my brother. I can't say, I love you, God, and hate Mimi. I can't say, I love God and gossip about Gloria. I can't do that. If I love God, I, I will love my brother. I will love my brother. I will love my brother, and that shows that I love God. Let's look at Luke 6, 27. So you're loving your brother. You got that down. Now we've got to love our enemies. Hello. But I say unto you who hear, love your enemies. Wow. I just, I just got, I just got the love of my brother down oh, kind of sort of good. Love your enemies. Woo. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Jesus would not ask us to do something that we could not do. 
Pray for those who spitefully use you. To whom who strikes you in the cheek, offer the other also. And from whom him who takes away your coat, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, do also to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is it to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners and receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good and lend hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. How can I show my appreciation and love to God? To love my brother, and I shall also love my enemies. I like Matthew 25, 40, and the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say unto you, in so much as you did it to the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. And sometimes that's tough. Because sometimes we want to hang with the cool people. But I like to find someone who's not cool. There's a crowd. Show me the person who's not cool in the eyes of the world. I'm going to seek that person out. I'm going to sit next to that person at a party or an event or something like that. I'm going to find a person that is not cool in the eyes of people. I'm going to, I'm going to sit next to that person. I've got one more scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Through eight, and it's in the Amplified Bible. It says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Are you patient? Are we kind? I know I had to work on kindness for a while in my life. Still working on it. I remember walking to church. We attended a church that had a big, big parking lot. And it took, I don't know, a minute or so to walk across the parking lot. And I used to say, I am kind one to another tenderhearted. I am kind one to another tenderhearted. I am kind one to another tenderhearted. I say it over and over and over and over. I'm just quoting the word. I am kind one to another tenderhearted. That's how you develop the fruit of the Spirit. Meditate upon the Word of God. I'm kind one to another. You plant the seeds of kindness inside of you. Love is patient and kind. Love never is envious or boils over with jealousy. There's no reason to be jealous. Nobody can do your job in the body of Christ better than you. There's no competition. Competition is over. Competition is over. God has an assignment for Mimi. Nobody in this church can do Mimi's job better than she can. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody can play the bass guitar up there on stage better than this person right here. 
even though there may be someone that's better at bass playing. But he has an assignment. He has an anointing. If you got up there, you'd be in strife, and Ernie would have to kick you out, because be, be, it wouldn't be a good fit. He's anointed. There's no competition in, in the body of Christ. Nobody can do your job better than you. God has anointed you for a purpose and a place and a time. Nobody. There's no competition. No envy. That takes away all envy. Takes away all strife. I'm not envious of anybody. Nobody can do your job better than you can in God's body. That's the way God designed it. It, Love does not, it's not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. We've got to watch that. Having a haughty spirit like anger. It's not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. Love is not rude or unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in me, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. Love is not touchy, fretful, or resentful. Have you ever been touchy? Man, I get touchy sometimes. And, I, and sometimes I don't realize it until maybe I snap at my wife. Then I realize, no, that wasn't right. I'm touchy. We have to realize, and, and Lord, help us identify touchiness when it comes When touchiness comes, Lord, help us to identify that so we can slap it down. Get out of here, touchiness. No, I walk in love. I am kind one to another. I am tenderhearted. I'm not going to be touchy. Or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Wow, okay, there's a job. (laughs) Love takes no account of the evil done to it, pays no attention to suffered wrong. All right, there's a full-time job right there. How are you going to do that? You just do it by faith. You don't do it by feelings. You do it by faith. I'm not going to take account. It's so much better not to take account of the evil done to you. I, I use this. My wife tells this example, and I use it too. Years ago, Arnold Schwarzenegger was on a talk show. I don't know, Merv Griffin or something long time ago. And people used to make fun of him because he talks funny and stuff like that. Kind of strong, but they thought he was kind of, you know, maybe not all there. And they'd make fun of him, and it was great because he would just ignore it. He would just, you wouldn't even pay any attention to it. And they'd, uh, you know, different guests and stuff would kind of kid a little and poke at him and stuff like that. He wouldn't even, wouldn't blink an eye. Wouldn't, he wouldn't take the bait, right? Wouldn't take the bait. And somehow that sticks with me, how he did that. And how that when someone messes with you, you don't need to, just don't take it. It's like bait. You don't need to take that bait. Don't take account of the evil done to you. Don't pay attention to a suffer wrong. Don't, well, don't, husbands, wives, do not bring up what happened six months ago or three months ago. Oh, remember what you did. Well, put it away. It's either, it's, look, guys, it's either forgiven or not. If it's forgiven, it's forgiven. Leave it forgiven. Leave it under the blood of Jesus. Don't bring that stuff back. All right, let's finish this up. It does not rejoice at injustice or unrighteousness, but it rejoices when right 
and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and anything that comes, everything that comes, it's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Are you critical? Do you have a critical spirit? Do you criticize? Do we criticize, condemn, and complain? Criticize, condemn, complain. That's something we have to watch. Having a critical spirit. It's ever ready to believe the best. I kind of might, I guess it's my personality. I tend to to say, oh, that person, they were probably, I kind of make an excuse for somebody. Oh, they they probably, uh, they just had a bad day. (laughs) Yeah, they did something bad. They probably had a bad day. That's, I don't know, maybe that's my personality. I I tend to lean that way, but um, think the best of people. Love endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. Love never fails. Love never fades out. So in closing, it's always, if you choose to take the love route, to take the love, the high road, in any situation, just make a decision. You know what? I'm going to take the high road in this. I'm going to take the love road. You will never say never. Say never. never. You will never be disappointed if you take the love route. If you choose the love route. If you choose the forgiveness route. If you choose the mercy route. You'll never go back and say, you know what? I should not have really loved that time. Because it will work out the best for you if you take the love route. Love never fails. If you take another route, you're going to get caught up in the enemy's garbage down here. Take the high road. Take the love route. So how do I show my appreciation to Jesus? How do I be thankful to Jesus? I love. I'm going to love my brother. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to love my enemy. I'm going to love one another. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we worship you. We thank you. We magnify you. We're so thankful to Jesus, Lord. And as we say we're thankful to you, we express that thanksgiving and loving your church, loving your body, loving the individual members in the body. We don't hate the finger or the pinky or the kneecap. We love your body, Lord. We love your body. We love each member. We love, help us to love our neighbors. We love ourselves. Help us to love our enemies. Help us to take the high road and to show our thankfulness to you. Lord, we thank you for it and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.